uh, weeks and months. Um, my, uh, I was uh, talking to a friend today and she asked how I was doing and I said, I think I'm gray, I'm just feeling kind of gray. Um, but then I was thinking later that maybe that's not a bad term, uh, that maybe I'm just not living in the black and white. And so maybe gray isn't a bad place to be. Um, and I was thinking about uh, our, our Buddhist practice, uh, our, all the practices that the Buddha has historically taught. And um, kind of came up with that idea of the first step is the first step. Um, and I'll share a little bit more about kind of what uh, led me to, to think about our practice in that way. But the first thing I wanted to, to mention is that um, Buddhism is often situated uh, in times of um, kind of revolution uh, or um, uh, shaking up uh, establishment. Uh, and it's also sometimes very firmly in entrenched in the establishment. Um, so in the, the first examples, I think of uh, the Buddha himself, uh, who um, the Buddha himself was uh, kind of overturned uh, the ideas of the times, uh, the spiritual practices of the times by suggesting that we don't have a separate self by suggesting that we all have the capacity for uh, awakening. Uh, he um, ignored uh, the caste system in India and invited uh, people from all uh, statuses in the uh, very kind of rigid structure of India at the time to be a part of the Sangha. And uh, at the time, um, of the Buddha, one of the most radical things he did was invite women into the Sangha. That was unheard of uh, in um, kind of uh, in uh, India in 2600 years ago. And another big revolution uh, in Buddhism came uh, during the Mahayana revolution. Our um, Zen practices belongs to the Mahayana uh, tradition. And what was so radical about uh, this and what we're still living with today, this uh, revolution was that uh, many uh, Buddhist practitioners saw that uh, um, Buddhism was being um, kind of institutionalized in the sense that uh, the monks uh, at the time, monks and nuns at the time were kind of holding the practice for themselves. And so the Mahayana uh, revolution came and said that all people, again, lay people, monks, nuns, uh, are capable of practicing. And not only that, but uh, the idea of the bodhisattva was firmly uh, introduced at this time. And so practicing just for self-liberation, uh, uh, according to the Mahayana tradition, was no longer an option. Uh, so in order for our suffering to be relieved, the suffering of the whole world uh, also needed to be eased and relieved. Um, sometimes the bodhisattvas are quoted as 
saying that they will not stop seeking liberation until every blade of grass is free of suffering. Um, and you can see how uh, in our times now that um, this idea of the bodhisattva is so important. There's a strong part of me that wants to just kind of close up inside, uh, close the doors, turn off the news, and just be peaceful, be calm, and be at ease. Um, and there's also a part of me that wants to uh, rush out into the world and uh, start um, agitating for change, start uh, shaking things up and protesting and um, putting my, my body and my privilege uh, on the front lines. Um, and so soon after the um, murder of George Floyd, uh, I found myself doing a lot more of the latter, uh, a lot more of reaching out uh, a lot more of um, being more active in the world uh, at the uh, sacrifice of kind of cultivating that inner peace. And what I found was I got burned out very, very quickly. Um, I uh, stopped uh, finding kind of joy or interest in any of the things that I like to do and just uh, kind of disconnected. Are, is everyone hearing okay? I'm getting a couple of uh, uh, ears up. Okay. So might be speakers, might be microphones. It's Zoom. Welcome to Zoom. Um, and um, I also, uh, like I mentioned before, have that desire to just kind of hold up completely. And so this kind of put me on this idea of the first step is the first step. Um, so all of our practices uh, that we do here on our um, Tuesday nights and other Buddhist practices are following the breath, or walking meditation, uh, awareness of our bodies, of our feelings, of our minds. All of those practices uh, can sometimes be seen as an end. Um, and I think this is what the Mahayana revolution uh, was, um, was getting at, was you can see those things as an end uh, for uh, yourself, uh, for an individual. Um, so we can come back to our breath. We can uh, find our um, awareness of our minds, of our bodies. And we can gladden our bodies and our minds. And these are wonderful, wonderful practices. Um, but what the Mahayana uh, revolution taught us uh, is that that is the first step. Um, and what I've been realizing is that we don't have a lot of, um, a lot of readings or practices about what to do after that. Uh, we, we certainly do, but we don't uh, necessarily talk a lot about that. Uh, the first step is getting ourselves into this 
uh, place of calm and non-reactivity, of engagement. And then we take the next step uh, for the rest of our lives. Um, and one of the uh, 14 mindfulness trainings that we've kind of been looking at uh, really uh, speaks so clearly to me about that. Uh, I was reflecting on the uh, mindfulness training on dealing with anger. Uh, and in that training, they give wonderful tools for uh, managing anger when it arises, uh, engaging in mindful walking, mindful breathing, um, not saying or doing anything uh, out of anger. Uh, such a wonderful uh, practice to do. One that um, speaks to me a lot because anger runs uh, deep in my family system. Uh, and what I realized with that is, well, after I've managed the anger, then what? That's the interesting part. That's the exciting part for me. It's, uh, then it's the um, practices of coming back uh, to the person that uh, we think is the cause of our anger, uh, the language from the mindfulness training, and engaging with that person again coming from a place of um, more equanimity, uh, coming from a place of connection. Um, and that is very fascinating. Um, and it's the same with awareness of our body. It feels very uh, wonderful to be aware of the body, uh, to be aware of um, kind of the reactions that are going on in our body. Um, I use this a lot in uh, work at the hospital when I respond to a, uh, a difficult situation uh, and I don't really know what to expect and I'm nervous, uh, anxious, um, and I become aware of uh, my heart rate, uh, become aware of kind of the sweaty palms and uh, tight muscles and uh, use that. Uh, um, awareness to invite relaxation, to come back to my breath. Um, and then it's the next step. Uh, because then I engage with the families, I engage with the uh, people who are in the hospital um, from that place. Um, so, um, So I, I like this idea of seeing our practices uh, not as an end, but as a means, as a way of um, stepping forward. Tonight at our uh, walking meditation in the park, um, we, kinda, we use that language a little bit about uh, walking together uh, as, a, um, as a way of generating peace so that we can step forward into the rest of the world um, so that we can keep moving and keep walking. Um, when um, Buddhist practice um, challenges uh, the establishment, um, every time that it does it, it becomes both inwardly focused but also outwardly focused. Um, the Buddhist revolution of, of, in general, the Mahayana revolution after that, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's um, uh, engaged Buddhism that he uh, um, 
promotes and teaches and saying that if Buddhism is not engaged, it's probably not Buddhism. Um, and uh, it's, um, it makes me smile because in the traditional uh, writings of the Buddha, the goal uh, or one of the goals that was stated was to become an arhat, a fully realized person. And in Mahayana literature, they say, yeah, that's great. That's, that's kind of the first step. And then there's like these six other steps after that to being really awakened. Um, and um, that uh, invitation to um, absolutely cultivate peace and liberation in ourselves uh, so that we can then share it afterwards. And I thought about uh, the Buddha um, himself. He went through many spiritual practices uh, and decided that there still wasn't this um, end to this suffering or this dissatisfaction. So he sat under the Bodhi tree and after seven days, he had his awakening. And at that time, uh, he made a choice to go out in the world and teach. Uh, he could have stayed under the tree or just stayed as a wandering monk and enjoyed his um, experience, enjoyed his end of suffering. But I think he had that realization that everybody was suffering. And so he chose to go out into the world and to, um, to share that uh, understanding with other people. So from the very beginning, from the historical Buddha, it's been an engaged uh, tradition. And this um, idea of the first step being the first step uh, made me think about uh, the conflicts uh, the arguments, the disagreements, uh, the difficulties uh, that are happening um, all the time, whether they are, uh, you know, in our families, uh, in our communities, in our nation. And there is a part of me that uh, says, like, oh, if we just didn't have these disagreements, you know, we could really do the practice then, right? If we just didn't have these conflicts, then we could really get into the practice. But of course, um, the conflicts, the disagreements, uh, the working uh, towards systemic change is the practice. Um, and it's the practice informed by our coming to a place of peace and solidity, of um, non-reactivity, of love, of compassion. Uh, so that we can then engage in those places, so that we can do the real practice, which is the rest of our life. Not to say that what we do isn't real. I shouldn't have used that language, but um, so that we can engage with the rest of our practice, our non-scripted formal practice. Um, so our sitting meditation that we do every week here, uh, I had an insight um, years ago that, oh, that's not the practice. That's laying the groundwork so that we can then do this relational practice together, so that we can then share in our discussions together. Um, so it is the practice to sit, uh, to be mindful. 
and it's the practice to engage from that place. Um, one um, thought that I had around this is uh, I sometimes look at the quality of uh, my relationships um, to see how my practice is doing. Um, are my relationships with uh, people around me uh, supportive, loving, connected? Um, or is there a kind of disconnect, uh, irritation, um, anger present? I remember I'd gone on a meditation retreat, uh, a 10 day silent retreat, and I came back and uh, Corey uh, mentioned to me that I was very distant and at the time I wrote it, it's like, oh, I'm not distant, I'm enlightened, right? It's, that's kind of the, the thought that I had had. Uh, but of course, um, of course that's not the case. I was distant. I was kind of wrapped up in that self-awareness uh, uh, and not, um, not engaging, uh, kind of uh, using the practice as a, uh, using the, uh, way that I was interpreting the practice as a shortcut to disconnect, as a way of kind of going further inside. Um, and I wonder, um, maybe we can uh, use the nature of our um, relationships in our nation to kind of gauge how our uh, country's doing with the practice. Um, there are certainly elements where it's not working great, but I also see a lot of places where, um, where the practice is strong, uh, where people are coming from a place of love and of connection. Um, so these um, mindfulness trainings that we've been looking at kind of in our, in our program over the uh, past, um, well, several months, uh, I've, I offer that uh, it's, it's helpful for me to look at uh, the mindfulness trainings as a foundation, uh, not as um, a practice of, uh, am I doing the training right? Am I, um, Am I managing my anger correctly? Am I um, non-attached to views properly? Am I uh, finding joy correctly? Not uh, using the trainings as um, an ends, but rather looking at the trainings as a, am I managing my anger so that the relationships in my life are loving? so that the relationships in my life are connected? Um, am I being non-attached to views uh, in a way that's bringing connection, not just a uh, peace to myself? Um, am I consuming in a way that um, isn't just helpful for me, but is nourishing uh, my community and my relationships. Uh, so the first step is the first step. Um, and what's exciting to me is every step after that. 
laying this foundation uh, of mindful practice so that we can engage with the rest of our lives um, more completely, more lovingly, and uh, more securely. Thank you.